0: Welcome to Get in the Ring with DJ D Coops and Beast Mutt on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. On the Social Suplex Podcasting Network. We have our own feed. You can find us on Get in the Ring on iTunes, Spotify, all that great podcast stuff. Google Podcasts, Freaker, um What else is there? Um, um, Stitcher. The, all those great podcasting platforms. Yeah, you can find us on that. On the Social Suplex feed or on the Get in the Ring feed. uh,
1: Hey, how's everyone doing? Uh, Yeah, so it's obviously expansion. Expansion is a beautiful thing. So it's it's very, it's awesome that we've been able to take what we started a few years ago. And it's continuing to evolve. It's continuing to progress and (laughs) um, hopefully to come.
0: Yes, it is hopefully more success to come. But we have to start with some sad, sad, incredibly tragic news in the world of the NBA, Um, in the world of sports, in the world of life. Kobe Bryant and his daughter and seven other souls lost in that helicopter crash in Calabasas, California on Sunday. Yeah.
1: It's uh it basically made the world stand still and the world is I think just now kind of starting to get back to normal, I would say.
0: Yeah. Because
1: most uh most NBA teams have kind of done their tributes, most people in the media, most of uh people that knew Kobe and knew everyone else for that matter have uh kind of are kind of starting to get back to some sort of normalcy I, I i'm guessing yeah most people have done their for example i love the spurs and raptors tribute they were the first to do this they were the first to do the, the dual 24 seconds uh shot clock violations to start the game obviously 24 being kobe's second number uh in the nba during his 20-year career and, and there were yeah. yeah the Trey young tributes uh many players have worn um 24 or 8 on their sneakers. Uh, some players have now changed. Eight second people, violations. Yeah, the eight-second violations. People have done the. Some teams have done the eight and eight second violations because that was Kobe's first number. Uh, people have done the 24 and eight. Uh, Philadelphia had the the Sixers game against the um a couple days ago. They had the nine spotlights on the court plus the uh a lower Marion jersey. That was Kobe's uh high school number 33. When he played Lower Marion, uh, which is just outside the city, for those who
0: don't know about yeah, it. Yeah, for it's right outside where I am. Um, I live in Lower Marion Township. Um, I live in okay. Bryn Um, yeah,
1: you, you actually shared a picture.
0: Um, uh, about the scene was incredibly solemn. Um, I shared a picture on my Instagram. You can follow me at DJD Kooks no, not DJ D. D. Kookie Punk 43. D-K-O-K-Y, Punk 43. Um, a picture of Kobe and his daughter, of course, and the, and the uh, memorial outside his gymnasium um, at Lower Merion High School. Um, it was a very solemn scene. There was about 20, 25 people there on Monday. Um, I went on Monday... Um Send Our Father and Hail Mary. Um mm-hmm. God bless Gianna and Kobe. Rest in peace. It, it was surreal just standing there.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. I saw the and we saw the aftermath at Staples Center where there was the Kings there were pounds. And I love what the King, the Kings did. I thought that was great. I think mean, that was the first uh event that happened after I mean the great it was also what the Grammys did, like Alicia Keys and Boys II the Men. Uh, they did their performance, which I thought was great. Saying it, so sing it was so hard to say goodbye, which I thought was great. And then the Kings, the first athletic event since the passing, uh, since the helicopter crash uh, with, with the 8 and
0: 21. The Lakers are playing tonight.
1: The Lakers are playing. Yeah, obviously that's going to be a major event. They just practiced yesterday, and they're going to be playing tonight. at, at um, As NBA players are so showing their love. I love what TNT did. With the um, everyone that, uh, with uh, the the crew plus some players that played with Kobe and against uh, against him on Tuesday night instead of the Lakers Clippers game which got called which got called off I thought that was great uh, the Clippers with eight and twenty four warm up jerseys i watching the video as we speak uh, before their game so uh, that was a it's it's a really nice touch the Clippers are playing tonight at ten thirty so they're going to be actually uh, at Staples. So they're going to kind of – they're going to have something special uh, planned for Kobe, I'm sure. But, yeah, it, it's been – basically, it's been world spread. Everybody who's – um everyone's kind of paid their respects in some sort of way, kind of shared some pictures and some memories, things like that. I was in the building for uh, Kobe's last couple games at Wells Fargo Center, especially the last one, and the last one was a love fest. It was so much love. Sixer fans, Laker fans, basketball fans in general, quite honestly – uh, whenever Kobe touched the ball, it was a loud ovation. He got a huge roar. It, it, that building was incredibly loud uh, for Wells Fargo Center when Kobe, uh, his last game. Uh, whenever he scored a basket, it was a big deal. Like, the, like the crowd went nuts. It was a special evening. And he actually yes, had
0: Kobe. replayed on Tuesday night after the Connecticut women's yes. game, the uh, last Kobe uh, Bryant game against okay, the
1: when he dropped uh, 60 on Utah in, in his last game. Right. I remember watching that as it happened. That was just, that was a special game even then. Um, yeah. So, the, the Lakers are going to actually be on ESPN tomorrow night against Portland. That's actually a good game, number one, because you got some all-stars. And obviously, LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Damian Lillard.
0: And now and B, it's the all-stars, which we'll and, get to.
1: And B, it's the first Laker home game since the passing. So, obviously, it hits the Lakers harder than everyone else. Um, we've seen the Mavericks, uh, Mark Cuban's tribute is, uh, retiring number 24, uh, permanently from the Dallas Mavericks. So, which we've seen this happen before. Number 13 in Miami, uh, 23 in Miami got retired, obviously, this is, uh, in honor of Michael Jordan. So we've seen this before that a team will retire a number that's got nothing to do with a player that actually played on their team. So, and some players have changed their, their Jersey numbers. I mentioned Spencer Jim before, changed to 26. And, they're, they're, um, for example, uh, I saw Alex Ovechkin uh, wear 24. He wears number eight normally in, in hockey for the Capitals. He wore 24 in warm-ups, and then he's got auction in the jersey uh, later on, which I thought was a really nice tribute for Co- uh, to Kobe. It's been that kind of week. And I think it's a probably – I would imagine
0: – The funeral week, it's going to be
1: <laughs> – It's going to be oh. that, That's going to be rough for a lot of people. And what, what, makes it, what makes this worse, we didn't get a chance to hear the Hall of Fame speech. This year would have been the greatest NBA Hall of Fame class we've ever seen, with Kobe, Tim Duncan, and Kevin Garnett. We're talking 11 And, rings.
0: and we already know Kobe's going in because no, they Kobe, made no, that then announcement all three, all three right
1: away. Yeah, all, all three of them were. were we, we knew that was gonna they, they that was going to happen.
0: They made that The Basketball Hall of Fame made that announcement like r- right after he died. Like,
1: yeah, because we knew it, it's that's yeah. So and that's and it's a shame that his is going to be a post mortem. And people know me as a Spurs fan, all the battles that the Spurs and Lakers had, especially in the early 2000s, uh, with uh, when Kobe and Shaq and the Lakers, and then Duncan and Parker and Ginobili, when, it, when, it was, when the latter three were on the come up, and Shaq was unstoppable, and Kobe was on the come up, and how special those games were. So that, those were must-see uh, games, and obviously he was a rival, but a guy I obviously had to respect. So much, and I absolutely do plan on I'm trying to go. I'll try to go to the Hall of Fame in Springfield. Um, I was gonna go, especially to try to, to for Duncan because he's my favorite player in NBA uh, NBA history. My favorite is Tim Duncan, but that's gonna be emotional to uh, see everything that's gonna happen with Kobe. And he obviously would have gone last, and I would have been okay with him going last as opposed to Duncan because Kobe's impact is greater than just basketball. It's not just ball. Like, Kobe's impact is everywhere. You, you notice him with everywhere. He's as mainstream as it gets. And it's a shame he probably won't go last because of this. But it's going to be another way to honor him once he gets – once he truly gets inducted. It's just a shame he won't be able to induct it himself. Right. It, it, Even it. worse, his daughter Gia could ball. That's the other yeah. part about this. Easy. When Gia apparently was going to go to Connecticut, and she could hoop. They were on their way to a mom, to the Mamba, uh, basketball tournament, a uh, basketball games, It was why they were in the helicopter in the first place. And she could hoop, and that, that's gonna, that's gonna suck. That's the other part that really sucks about this, And the fact that she was only thirteen, and Kobe was like, just wait, till you see her, like she was gonna, she was gonna ball out apparently, and, 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 like and she, he, was <laughs> he was bragging, he
0: was, she was bragging, bragging about it. About he, he was, everyone was like, Kobe should have a boy, Kobe should have a boy, and like she was like, nah. I'm He's gonna, like,
1: I'm gonna carry on the so like legacy. got Kobe's like, like, just, Kobe's like, just wait, wait till you see Gia. She can hoop, it, it looked like she actually could. Connecticut. It looked like, apparently, she was gonna go to Connecticut, and they, they had the um tribute um for her uh, at the at their previous game, which I thought was a really nice look. So. What's that? Right. So. That's, that's what makes this just as rough. Obviously, our condolences to the other seven as well. But, yeah, but the Kobe and Gia's passing has, uh, has really hit everyone hard. And whether they're Laker fans, basketball fans in general, rival basketball fans, I know the Celtics did a tribute for Kobe tonight. It, it, it's, it's rough. It's rough for everybody uh, to deal with. And it kind of puts a damper, a, a damper on Super Bowl week in the most extreme of ways. But it, it's rough for everybody.
0: So we will review the week that was in wrestling. hmm Um, we'll start with some of the news items. Um just breaking. Um World Wrestling Entertainment. Not doing so hot in the stocks. No. Um after hours stocks is at forty eight thirty eight, um dropping at a low of at twenty two point six four percent. Um, George Barrios and um, Michelle Wilson are out leaving WWE. Variety had the story here. Um, Vince commented on the story saying, saying, McMahon said the shakeup which was sparked by conflicting strategic visions with the company.
1: Mm. It's bold that it happened, what, two hours ago.
0: So that that's what makes this rather bold.
1: And, yeah,
0: Frank, know, a. Frank A. Reddick, who's been a WWE board member for 11 years, has been named Chief Interim Financial Officer and, and will be reporting to WWE Chairman and CEO Vince McMahon. And there'll be... In search, beginning a search for chief financial officer and chief revenue officer, which were Barrios and Wilson's roles. Mm -hmm. Uh McMahon said the shakeup was sparked by conflicting strategic visions for the company. WWE has seen its stock price fall sharply in the recent months amid concerns about soft ratings for its. Flagship TV shows and rising competitions from an upstart wrestling organizations like All Elite Wrestling,
1: um, which AEW I believe has another hundred thousand people more than WWE did. So I saw like a hundred ten thousand this week. Um, like AEW, I think at eight hundred thirty-one thousand, the WWE seven twenty-one or something like that.
0: What what's the demo number?
1: No, not um I didn't see the, the demo. the demo number
0: matters play. more. The demo okay. number matters more in case of TV rankings.
1: I can look that up for uh,
0: the demo number the the eighteen to thirty to eighteen to forty nine demo number matters more in terms. Of I know you don't know this because you don't. You're not an expert on TV ratings. I'm not. I'm not. And I don't expect you to be. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not
1: big time into, into that. that. That is true. I'm
0: but crazy. the 18 to 49 demo is what the ranking the is on. Not the total stores. Uh,
1: looks like this week. Uh. I can look. Looks like they have it. Looks like i I got something here. AWA tops, despite drawing the worst ship so far this year. Uh, let's see. This is as of. Okay, yeah, this, this is up to date. <laughs> this is as of, this is on Wrestling Inc. So it looks like I found something here. Once i done in my episodes, 828,000 to NXT 712 at 16%. AWA was third in the cable, top 150. Uh, yeah, this, is what this is what you're thinking of. AEW ranked third on cable's top 150 for the 18 to 49 demo, uh, while NXT yep. was 37. AEW was 35th in the uh, viewership, while NXT was 41st. And that's tied with the Daily Show. NXT did. Right. La- last week, Dynamite was 871,000, which was eighth in the cable, top 150 and 40th, as opposed to NXT was 769 and 35th in the uh, top uh, 150th and 42nd in viewership. So that's what you're, that's what you're thinking of.
0: Point three four to point two two.
1: Yes, then that, that's that's the other part of this: uh, the point three four rating for AEW and the 0.22 for NXT.
0: Yes, point, Th- those are the numbers that do matter.
1: And um, it which was a little, which was slightly down from the previous week, which is point three five for AEW and WWE was slightly down to a point uh, two four. So both shows okay. were slightly down. And
0: some interesting business news out of Japan. Um. Um. Here's the big. Um. The biggest story concerns the state of pro wrestling mode now under new management as a subsidiary of Cyber Agent Incorporated. With with the news first reported by Tokyo Sports. Just last year, 75 percent of the company has been sold to L. Lidit from Etsy. Lidit litigated, Cyber Agent has acquired 100% ownership of NOAA. Cyber Agent is a publication, blah, 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 blah. Cyber Agent purchased another wrestling company by the by the name of DDT, mm. um, which is another major wrestling company in Japan. Um, a press release was issued in regarding to the Cyber... Acquisition of by Cyber Agent with the following from Sanchiros Takagi. DDT Pro Wrestling and Pro Wrestling, though, will be working together under Cyber Agent Inc. going forward. By partnering by the same Cyber Agent group, I believe we will be able to bring about a new scenery in the pro wrestling interest, industry. Going forward, the two promotions will be sharing a, a, a mid back office functions as companies within the same office group. I, Sincere Takagi, will be assuming the position as both president of companies, but at Pro Wrestling Noah, I will focus on managing the company and will leave the in-ring completely to the talent of staff of, of, and staff of, at Pro Wrestling Noah, so you won't be doing any in-ring. Mm. Pro Wrestling will continue to be fun and it Fun, exciting, and absurd dramatic stories to the fans. We hope you'll be um, continuing your support for both promotions. Um, DDT Pro English hand, hand, handle translated um, Wednesday's press conference. Um, um, Takagi will be president of DDT and NOAA while. Now, Naomichi Marifuji is the executive vice president of NOA, um, longtime um, wrestler of, of NOA. Takagi is designated to work on the business and leave a creative day-to-day to Marifuji and former NOA president of uh, Hiro Takeda. It was Takagi who got the ball rolling after Noah's finances were hit and, and, and approached Susumu Fujita about taping with Takai and Takeda beginning this week in November. Um, Noah's relation with WIDAT, the previous owners, will continue with the group staying on as a corporate sponsor. Noah will be running a free show on Thursday on DDT Universe, which is their streaming service on the first time. And Noah will be linked to a streaming service on several shows airing on YouTube over the past year. The plan is for DDT Universe to carry one to two NOAA shows per month. They've already added a Noah section to their service. They also announced that DDT and NOAA will be running back-to-back nights at Sumo Hall mm, on, okay. on November 21st and 22nd. Noah will still be pre- featured on Samurai TV and G+, and will be starting... We'll still be, start streaming on Abima TV in February. So that was the big news out of Japan. And this sort of ruins WWE's plans for NXT
1: Japan. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Counter Strike. Well played. By both promotions to, to, to collab and kind of shut that down. Well played, Counter Strike. Impressed.
0: Because WWE's only player now in that, because Dragon Gate won't budge in that. Um, New Japan's not an option. Nope, yep. Um is Big Japan.
1: (laughs) Oof. That doesn't sound like it's a good idea.
0: No. A death match or a
1: deathmatch organization. Considering that WWE's still very PG that's not gonna fly over uh, with WWE and trying nope. to influence for the kids to watch this. Yeah. So they, they gotta fall back and and kind of just revive the strategy and do something different.
0: Clearly, Yep. yeah. So that's
1: that's the business angle. The this The Q4
0: week. and and the year and calls next week for for um, WWE. Um, by the way, mm-hmm. for the uh, George Barrios. Michelle Wilson. He, McMahon said, back to the barriers, <laughs> sorry, I got sidetracked. Um, I would like to thank George and Michelle for their 10 plus years service and their contributions to the organization. I am grateful for all that was accomplished during their tenure, but the board and I decided to change what's necessary as we have different views on on how best to achieve our strategic priorities going forward. Mm. A variety of analysis in July 2019 found that ratings for WWE's two main shows Monday Night Raw and SmackDown Live has drawn fallen around 20% compared to the beginning of 2018, which which I'm looking at Brandon's analysis and that's accurate. Because he has an industry report, okay. For TV ratings and that's pretty accurate too. Um, so he's in tune I,
1: with like the Nielsen ratings and, and, on the, and all the
0: Russell the economics, all the, yeah. All right, he's
1: in
0: tune. Uh, um, I didn't get to look at his full report, but I think that would be accurate. SmackDown moved to Friday nights on Fox in October 2019, beginning the five-year, you know, the one billion dollar deal. One, yeah, one
1: Plus billion dollars, right, right.
0: Um, the first Fox show. Um, the show doubled its audience in the um adults eighteen to forty nine. Mm-hmm. Nielsen same day ratings, blah blah blah. Airing on the USA Network, that first Fox show had its special appearance from Dwayne the Rock Johnson and a championship match between Gabe Kingston
1: and, and Brock Lesnar.
0: Since then, the show's ratings have fallen in line to where they were on cable, the most recent episode earning a .7 rating and 2.5 million viewers over its two-hour broadcast.
1: Now, yeah, that that was to be expected that the first uh, show, the premiere on Fox, was going to draw heavy numbers because, of course, WWE was going to go big. They they were going to go heavy, as heavy as they possibly could. They're of to say, hey, this is SmackDown, this is Fox. We're going to make this preview as, uh, premiere as big as it gets. We're getting The Rock, who's arguably the most mainstream star we've ever seen. Uh, you, you could argue him, you could argue Hogan, but you, you can. But Rock's maybe the most mainstream guy we've ever seen work for the company. Plus, a championship match with the most mainstream current guy, Brock Lesnar. So, of course, they were going to have a signature. They're going to make that one big, and then everyone, everything else is going to fall back.
0: Another analysis conducted at the beginning of January found that AEW's Wednesday night show, Dynamite. Also, cur- enjoys a solid ratings edge over NXT in live, same day, and delayed viewing. Mm-hmm. So there.
1: And that that's been consistent too. That's been very consistent. Uh, yes. pretty much every, almost every week. Um, that both show, both shows have run legitimate shows, as opposed to like clip shows or whatever. AEW is pretty much one every week. So that that's been a major. is uh, gonna have to do some things to kind of switch that up. But I think at least with NXT, it's there, it's fixable. Raw and SmackDown is gonna have some work to do, but it's fixable at the very least. With AEW uh, with AEW and NXT.
0: Um, so, um, SmackDown.
1: So SmackDown was the go home show. Uh, before they had the go home show before the Royal Rumble, and. It wasn't too bad uh, to me. Like SmackDown wasn't so bad as opposed to the uh, leading into the Rumble. I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was all that bad here. So here's how here's how it went down. It started with Roman and Usos. Roman and the Usos versus King Corbin, Dolph Ziggler, and Robert Brood. Now it was Jey Uso uh, starting it out, and actually Jimmy Uso got hurt. Uh, going, he got kind of shoved into the steel steps by Ziggler. And got hurt and taken back. And Corbin and his crew did a very good job of kind of working the three-on-two hook and keeping both Jimmy Uso, uh, both Jay Uso and Roman Reigns isolated from each other, which I thought was good. And it took uh, Jay Uso, Jimmy Uso had to return to kind of even the playing field. But even then, it was still three-on-two because of what happened with his brother Jay. Roman and Corbin ended up fighting into the, in the backstage into the crowd area. A Prelude, obviously, to what happened later on in the week, and the Usos ended up beating uh, Ziggler and Rude, in a, what turned into a normal tag match. So, it's a decent, a pretty good start to the show, I would say. Uh, let's see, Cole interviewed Lacey Evans, and I can understand the emotional angle they were going here. A little bit sappy for me, but I understood why they went this route with Lacey Evans giving su- giving Lacey Evans emotional questions for her to just be naturally emotional, which I think she was absolutely sincere. I'm not saying they were crocodile tears, I think she was hundred percent sincere. But I think they, they I just don't believe
0: don't, her as a legitimate baby face. I she's better
1: her. as a heel. She is certainly better as a heel. I am not I'm not I'm not gonna disagree at all. She's absolutely better as they, a heel. They
0: just need to reverse the fucking roles.
1: Bailey is much better as Bailey's kind of believable as a face, but I think Bailey is much better uh, be, be, um, believable as a heel, but absolutely believable as a face. Bailey's Bailey's just a natural face, and yeah. uh, Lacey I think is a natural heel. But um, so this turned into a massive brawl between the two, uh, Bailey and Lacey as they headed into the showdown at the Royal Rumble, and this match, this brawl, it was effective and it continued. It kept going. It went um all the way over, around the arena. And it lasted even through what would have been uh, Fire and Desire versus Nikki and Miss Bliss. And the, so that match never happened. And that turned into a six-woman brawl. So there was no match. So I think they made the title match for SmackDown Thank God. Very, very effective. Yeah. So there, there was no Otis uh, involvement on SmackDown. There was a lot of involvement in the Royal Rumble. We'll talk about that. We'll match. get to that. <laughs> Let's see. So Braun and the versus Shinsuke. And Cesaro, a pretty uh, pretty decent match. Nothing too special here. Really, uh, once Strowman got the hot tag, you knew the match was effectively over. Strowman basically cleaned house, did his thing. He hit the power slam on Cesaro, and then Elias hit his elbow drop for the pin. It was all right. Nothing special. You didn't really miss too much here. Morrison and Kofi Kingston. This match was good. This match was very entertaining. I'm glad this was the last match of the show. This was a good match, and both guys who are incredibly athletic, they, they pretty much are in each other's peer group. This was fun to watch. You saw both dudes do their thing uh, all, all the way through the match. It, it closed with Kofi hitting the Trouble in Paradise on Miz. Morrison ended up catching him from behind and then hitting with Starship Payne in the finish. But this was a good match. Uh, th- this was a good match between the two. Very happy this was the last one before the Rumble. <clears throat> and the last okay. piece of business was the contract signing with Daniel and Bray. And I, I like that they kind of tied in Daniel Bryan joining the Wyatt family and then turning on the Wyatt family. I like how they kind of tied that into this. Uh, I thought that was a good way to, to go about this. And then the Fiend would eventually come out and attack Daniel Bryan and eventually hit him with sis- the Sister Abigail and the Mandible Claw and then sign the contract willingly in his own blood, which I thought was very creepy. But that's what the Fiend is supposed to do. So, I thought it was an effective way to finish the show and an effective way to set up their strap match of the Royal Rumble. And also, the fiend using the strap effectively as we'll get into the match itself. Uh, very effective there. I was cool with that. So, good job. Um, so, SmackDown, I think, ended well and started well. Started well with a good six minute and ended well with the last two segments, I would say.
0: There was another pay per view on Friday night NWA Hard Times. Mm. Um,. A lot of people saw this was happening, and I, I decided to check it out because I I was a curious man. So, okay. the question mark versus Trevor Murdoch in the TV title tournament match. These had the 6.05 time limit except for the final. Um, these were all quarterfinal matches. Um, Trevor Murdoch defeats the question mark in 3.10. Um... Murdoch hit a, a top rope bulldog for the win. Um fine opener with the tracking the res- result here. Damn defeats Ziggy Dice, um a spear, cannonball, and Senton for the win. Um Ricky Starks defeats Matt Cross. Um Matt Cross hit, hit, misses a shooting star press. Um um and then Stark is it's a Buster Keaton and, and that's all. Um so Tim Storm arrives and then Ricky Stark's beats Matt Cross in a good three star match, good little match. Um it was about four minutes. Um so Tim Storm arrives and it's announced that Anderson Ken Anderson will not compete tonight. Storm praises the NWA. Fan, family of fans says he hates that Anderson isn't here to compete. He doesn't want the easy path, but he, if he gets the buy, he'll take it. His goal is to get, make Mama Storm proud that he'll win the title, TV title. And Tim Storm defeats Ken Anderson via forfeit. So, Stu Bennett, thanks to the venue for being great. Hearts that the next pay per view in April will take place. The Crockett Cup will take place at a bigger venue. Then it was the Rock and Roll Express, Wild Cards, and Eli Drake and Tim Storm. Not J- Tim Storm, James Storm. There's many Storms in this company. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see that. So Robert Gibson pulls Camille out um, and hits... Um, Drake with the Gravy Train on Morton, and we have new champions. And Drake, Eli Drake hits the Gravy Train on Morton, and we have new champions. Um, Eli Drake and James Storm defeat the Rock and Roll Express the champions and the Wild Cards. The title change was expected, but not with Drake and Storm. I expected the Wild Cards to win this match. Okay. Um, but... The NWA women's title match. This was really good. Okay. Um, despite some Allison rough edges, they had a hot crowd. This Thunder Rose versus Allison Kay, Um, Really good counter striking. Um, and really good high spots with a hot closing stretch. I really enjoyed this match. I gave this match four stars. Okay. Really good stuff i say go back and watch this match, because um, Thunder Rosa is really good. Um, This stands out to me. Um, Thunder Rosa would hit the Thunder Driver for the win um, in 1720. um, Four stars. Melina and Marti arrive and celebrate with Rosa. And then Marty Scurll. as we as we know, Marty Scurll arrived at the last NWA pay per view, and and challenged Nick Aldous, But but all this is facing Flip Gordon here. Um, at this pay per view, he says he's here because he wants his shot at Sweet Charlotte, and all of this keeps ducking him. With <laughs> what's he afraid of? If he's already beaten him. He will keep coming for him until he gets a shot. Also, Nick is afraid to keep defend against Flip. He talked to his big game. So and the people want to see an NWA defense. Title defense. Nick arrives and Marty tries to talk him into a title match. He basically tries to bait bait Nick this into a title match against Flip Gordon. Um Nick makes everywhere he goes a hot ticket. Tells Marty to shut up, and he will defend against Flip tonight. If Flip wins, but if Nick wins, all their businesses, all their businesses, on their terms. Marty has to leave the building for Flip if to get his title shot. Marty ha- agrees to leave. So Marty left the building to get a title shot. Essentially. Mm. The, get a title shot for what? joy Um, TV title tournament semi-final. Um, Trevor Murdoch defeats De- Dan Moff. Um, t- Bulldog connects. Good three-minute match. Hard-hitting. Ricky Sarks defeats Tim Storm in 4.55 with the Crucifix. Um, Really good stuff here. Um, pretty good, um, um, but Starch was the right call here. NWA National Champion Shooter Aaron Stevens versus Scott Steiner.
1: <laughs>
0: That's a match I never thought
1: I would actually see.
0: Damian, and... Sa- the former Damian Sandow versus Scott Steiner. Yep. And apparently Steiner hits the flatliner, saw... Steiner recliner
1: until.
0: It's Question mark arrives for the DQ. So this ends in the DQ, and Steven runs as Steiner beats down da- beats down the question mark. Nick Alderson flip Gordon, pretty good. Nothing really special here. Um, all this counters a victory roll counters. Um, cuts Gordon off and counters into a victory roll and pins Gordon. Um. And he now calls the shots in the future, Marty, due to the match stipulation, Mm. because whoever won the match gets to call the shots.
1: Explains why Marty left the building.
0: That's why Marty left the building. And then TV title tournament
1: final: Ricky Starks versus
0: Trevor Murdoch. Ricky Starks defeats Trevor Murdoch with the Stroke good stuff it was veteran versus young comer um good stuff overall very good pay-per-view format like a tv easy to watch i'd
1: suggest you watch it it seemed like this was a solid pay-per-view um, from start to finish so yes. yeah it like it's a, it's a good watch
0: yes it is old school very old school
1: i like it yeah, kinda of like the T V title uh tournament similar to how King of the Ring used to be. Where King of the yeah. Ring was a one night tournament and the winner had to win three matches. So I yeah, I get it. No, I, I totally dig it. And I wish that WWE brought back the King of the Ring. It actually did like a Queen of the Ring type of deal. Where like a, they did those similar tournaments. But but yeah, this is pretty solid.
0: World's Collide.
1: World's Collide was good. World's Collide from, from start to finish was a Over good Over
0: delivered in my and, and, opinion.
1: Yeah, I would say so. I, I would, I would say so. I think it's, um, I mean, we were looking forward to DIY versus Mustache Mountain. Don't get us wrong. We knew that match was going to deliver, and it, it did deliver the goods. And obviously, Imperium and Undisputed Era. We knew that was going to deliver the goods. But let's start with the pre-show that was Mia Yim versus the NXT, and I kind of don't like the, the whole like dropping the women's part of their of their championships, but uh, but that, that's what they did. With to NXT UK champion, NXT uh, champion, as opposed to for for um, Rhea Ripley. I'm just gonna say UK but,
0: women's champion. I don't yeah,
1: care. Actually, I'm, I'm gonna stick with the women's championship too, the women's tag on it as well. Good pre show, man. Yes, yeah, a good pre show to start it with Kaylee Ray and Mia Yim. Uh, both women obviously hit hard, it's kind of their style. Solid flows from both, uh, the good chemistry between the two of them. Ultimately it was Kaylee Ray getting the ropes and the tights, combination of the two, to steal the pin and steal one for NXT UK. The UK up one nothing here. Then we start with a physical match, a hard-hitting matchup between Finn Balor and Ivan Dragonoff to start the main Ilya. show. Ilya Dragonoff, I should say. Yeah, I don't know why I said Ivan. Ilya Dragonoff uh, to start the show and was the crowd was hot on ballot i think part of that's because i don't think enough of the crowd really knows Ilya Dragunov's style and his skills i think that's part of the reason why the crowd was so hot on Balor and so a little cold on dragunov here but dragunov played play his part he played his part pretty well this was a, a very solid match from start to finish it succeeded it succeeded yeah, it a good a good opener to kind of get everyone's um like, like appetites going for the uh for the show. So, I think that's that's the way I think it was supposed to be, and that's the way it did. So, Finn Balor gets it done, hitting the 1916 to get the pin, but it was a very solid match on both parts. Dragonov's day is coming. I'm I'm very sure his day is coming. It's just a matter of when it's going to happen.
0: We got some promo. We got the promo time with Zach Gibson. And... And
1: Towards the NXT UK and the, the, the Dusty Cup Finals with with uh with GYBs and the Broza weights. a <laughs> pretty Matt Riddle continuing uh to do his his stick about the uh, kind of the subliminal messages with, with the pot, which is kind of RVD ish, but it's fine. I think Riddle Riddle just laid back like that, so it's cool. And if he does it, it's cool. So whatever, uh I, I'm I'm with it for it. It, it's fine. It's perfectly fine. Next up, we got the Fatal Four Way Cruiserweight Title Match for Devlin, Angel Garza, Isaiah Swerve Scott, and Travis Banks. This was fun. This was very. very this
0: fun. was very balls to the wall. They they it copied was. the Private Party Selly String spot.
1: That sounds yeah, hilarious
0: with Devlin and Swerve.
1: It, this felt like Travis Banks. Travis Banks brought it. This is you could argue one of best uh, Banks's. Best performances since he's been in WWE, I would say. This was this was entertaining. I, I love watching Swerve Scott go. I miss his old interest music, but Swerve Scott continues to go, and it seems like it's a matter of time before he wins the title. Angel Garza did his thing. I like that they changed the belt up. I like the, the the title is now black. And just now black and just
0: keep Devlin far away from Aria Davari.
1: Yeah, 100%. <laughs> 100%. We, we both believe that Devlin had to win the championship. I wish it was like a, like a a secondary title for NXT UK. But I'm cool with this. I'm cool with Devlin winning the Cruiserweight title. And now he's effectively going to uh, defend it on both. I would imagine he's going to defend it on both brands. On NXT and NXT UK. So the more Devlin, the better. Because Jordan Devlin can go. And the the more we see of him, the better off we will be. So we're perfectly cool with Devlin winning the title. He pinned Scott to win the match, by the way. Next up. DIY vs. Mustache Mountain. I love
0: the... This was fucking great. (laughs) This was.
1: It was. What I loved about this is how we kind of started it with kind of a little bit of psychology involved. There's some pleasantries, some respect from from all four parties. How fun that... That was a good uh, way to... Fun way to start the match. And then once we got going, we really got going. There was no middle gear. They went straight... Hundred miles an hour, pretty much from midway through to the end. I wish there
0: got... was a middle gear though. I wish there was. Me too.
1: Some... Me too. That's uh, why it's
0: too. like out of four and a half instead of out of five.
1: Right. Like I thought it was, the, yeah. It, like it was very good, and there's even a better gear that these two, these two teams could go at, which I think is that's the beautiful part about this. They, there's even more that they can do with each other. I mean, I think that's what made this special, and like, that's what made this very entertaining. Ultimately, with DIY getting it done, when they meet me in the middle, or as a move, I, I love to call meet me in St. Louis, obviously being in the middle of the country, and uh, Champa getting the pin on Trent Seven. But this was a very productive match from, from start to finish. Good, good stuff. If y'all want to run it back, well, we're here for it. I think this was the worst match of the night, this AST uh, this, Women's Championship match, but it's not to say it was a bad one. It's just saying yeah, the other four matches were very good uh, Rhea Ripley versus Tony Storm, and it was all right. I, I think. I got the sense that I thought these two could have done more. and like, I thought that their match in Blackpool, where Tony beat Rip, Ripley to win the title initially, I thought was... They only got
0: 10 minutes, so...
1: Yeah, I think it could have used a little bit more time. I think they could have done a little bit more stuff. So, we had the we had retains, as you probably would have expected. But I thought it was an okay match. I just think, I think there's more they could have done with it. And then the eight-man, which was... This, along with, obviously, the tag match you just mentioned, this main event was
0: fucking awesome. Boo! Bartell and <laughs> Bartel
1: and Eichner are fucking awesome. I love Bartell, <laughs> Bartell, and Bartell and Eichner. Bartell and Eichner, are fucking awesome. I love Bartell and Eichner. Remember when we said? when we talked about this last week, where um, where we talked about heel team in NXT UK and like teams that have like a second gear that can, that can go to that 100 miles an hour stretch, and the fact that we only we said there were only two teams in NXT UK that could actually do it. And that's Andrews and Morgan Webster, and these two. These are the only, and and GYVs can probably do it as well. These are the only three teams in UK that can actually go to that third, that second or third gear. Eichner and Bartell are awesome together, and they, they are special together. Um, they got tag team titles written all over them, in, the, in, the, in the, hopefully in the near future. Not that hey hate guys, because I don't do like those two dudes beating people Alexander up. Alexander Wolfe
0: accidentally tucked his chin.
1: It yep, no. and, and got caught by Fishing, by fishing Strong, which, which took him out of the match, and it became four on three. But I think this played out pretty much exactly what we said it would last week. We said last week, we thought Imperium would win because how does Undisputed and Darrow deal with Walter? The answer, even on a four on three advantage, they couldn't. Even with Roddy, even with Fish O'Reilly and Strong triple-teaming Walter then the Olympic Slam from one table through the other, Walter well, still uh, came uh, back.
0: O'Reilly was like, O'Reilly got splatted and then he was like, Oh fuck. <laughs>
1: O'Reilly's facial expressions are awesome. O'Reilly's facial expressions are absolutely awesome. When it, in this perfect timing with his facial expressions. And the you know, Walter was just too strong. It, basically, Terminator status is what Walter was. And ultimately it this um uh, this broke down and the Ike and Bartell doing their moves to, to kind of Hold off Undisputed era as long as they could, and ultimately it was Walter hitting a power bomb on Bobby Fish and pinning Fish to win the match for Imperium. So it was three-three as we expected it would be between the two brands NXT and NXT UK, but very good stuff all the way through. Worlds Collide was entertaining pretty much from start to finish. I'm here for more of this. Oh, and and by the way, before the um the NXT UK cha- uh, before the NXT Women's title match and the eight-man tag, we saw the attack by Balor on to Gargano, Gargano was being interviewed, and then Trent Seven took exception to what Balor did and wanted some heat with uh, with Balor. He got him on Wednesday. We'll talk about that when we get to NXT. But this was, this was only night one in Houston for the WWE, as now we get to the Royal Rumble.
0: Minute Maid Park. At least they didn't make any Astros jokes. I think they I told was, them.
1: I was expecting it, too. I was. I, was I think they told them to uh,
0: off-limit.
1: Yeah, I, I was expecting for Corey Graves to drop an Astros nugget in there. But it, but it never happened. It never it I think never they did told happen.
0: them it was off-limit. Yeah,
1: probably so. I, I, I think that was pro- – and, and though it would have been funny. I understood why they didn't want to go that route because the Astros have been through enough heat over the last three weeks. So I kind of understood why they did that. Okay, so let's talk about it. We're Rumble 2020. First, the pre-show matches. Uh, we'll start with Seamus versus Short, versus Gable. Solid pre-show opening. Not not too bad, not too great, but not too bad. I think it was a solid opening. Solid way to get everyone going, get get everyone in the building, be productive. Ultimately, it was Sheamus who finished the deal <clears throat> as he dropped the bro kick on, on Gable to get the pin. But but a solid opening in Seamus' first match in WWE in a long time. So good job there.
0: I, I I saw I I think I accidentally turned it into into an episode of The Simpsons because I saw all I saw was Groundskeeper Willie being a Bart Simpson for an extended period of time. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's Stop, what I, Joel Abraham had said on the voice. That's, of the that's, the
1: Red that's, Red that's pretty funny. As, and for those who know me well, I The Simpsons are my favorite show, so I I, I respect the reference. I respect the hustle. Good job. So. Um, Almas versus Humberto Carrillo, U.S. Championship match, a pretty good match. It was a a good match. I felt like they could have gone a little bit further, but it was a good match nonetheless. I I was okay with it. Uh, Very productive. Um, Almas won clean to get the pin and retain the title. And to kind of keep the story going, uh, they ran it back on Raw as well. And Carrillo, I thought the Raw match was a little bit better. And Carrillo was a little bit better. I thought the Raw match was a lot better. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with you I'm, I'm saying the Raw is better than, than the, the Rumble match. Carrillo looked like he was about to win the title and then Zelina Vega uh, Vega would interfere causing a disqualification in Carrillo to win. But then Korea would take it a step but they would take it a step further. It looked like Almus was about to DDT Carrillo onto the on the concrete floor uh, in San Antonio. And instead Korea would get his revenge by DDTing Almus and basically putting Almus's face in into the mat, into the concrete on the outside of the ring, repaying him for what he did in December. Now, obviously, there's the second layer to this. As we knew, as the match was going on between Almas and Correa, the news dropped that Almas got suspended for a month for the um, wellness then why? Then why keep the title on him? That's Are the question idiot. I was, that's the, that's the exact question I was thinking. Why would you not have Korea win the title? That makes zero sense. Even when yes. Reigns got caught. For, even when Roman Reigns got caught for PEDs, even they had Roman Reigns get in and lose the title clean. Like, even then, like we we, we saw that when, when when right before Money in the Bank, when, when Reigns got caught, and then they uh and then uh, they had Rollins win the title from him, and then obviously Ambrose it from Rollins. They, even then, they had their Golden Boy lost the title. I found that to be kind of dumb. Uh, the the fact that, that Almas is still champion. I, I don't I don't like the it, just have career because now you got the title stuck for a month. But I ain't the title stuck unless you get a strip Almas. You got the title stuck now. Uh, is what do you what do you do with the U.S. title? you you're, you tied your hands. And I think that's that's a huge mistake on their parts to have Almas keep the U.S. Championship as opposed to him losing it. Bad idea. Roman Reigns versus Corbin. This sucked. <laughs> this sucked. <laughs> Why well, don't get the feeling this should have been. There should have been more to this. I didn't think this match was too. I was not gonna
0: boring. On this, this was boring as fuck. This was, was like this was, what was like that standard
1: walking bra. This was, ex- yeah, this this was expected. You know what? I, I, and it was obvious that Ziggler and Rude and Usos were going to be involved. I wish I didn't just have a six man old um, false game anywhere. A six man old's barred. Like their their involvement, the involvement of the other four guys, I thought it was actually good. I thought it. it yeah, totally the involvement happened. with the
0: other four saved this match.
1: I thought, I thought they, they totally made that work. Uh, I think that was very good have Jay Uso dive off. And then they game.
0: had the porta potty spot where the announcers refused to use the word yep. twilight.
1: Yep. And the range actually, that, that was, like, I thought that even that was kind of underdone. And then if you're going to really embarrass Corbin, just just go out all the way with it. And then you have, the, obviously, the spear on the dugout for Rand to get the pin on Corbin. This should have been better. For a false anywhere match, this really should have been better. It just wasn't chaotic, sure, but it, it should have been better. Women's Rumble match. I enjoyed this Rumble match better than the previous two. I, I was, I, I love this Rumble match. thought was my favorite of the three so far. It really is. I, I, I was really a fan of this. First off, Bianca Belair. This
0: Women's, women's two, Rumble was really good.
1: Yes, yeah, I'm saying so, this is the best of the. To me, this is the best of the three Rumbles uh, so far for the women. Bianca Belair absolutely killed it. I mean, and for those of y'all who've been listening, and those of you who haven't... No, let's go entrant
0: y'all... by entrant.
1: <laughs> no, well, she, Alexa... she came in number two. She came in oh, number Alexa two Alexa anyway. Bliss. Yes.
0: Alexa Bliss was the uh, first eliminations entry. In 2634. Eliminated by Bianca yeah. Belair.
1: Mm-hmm. Bianca Bianca Belair. Belair. In, who was second. Eight eliminations. She she was really impressive. Bianca Belair was probably the MVP of the Rumble match um, for the women. She was outstanding. She lasted uh, what thirty three minutes.
0: Thirty three twenty was yes. the best
1: uh, time. She was the second. She lasted the second longest. She was eventually eliminated by Charlotte Flair, but Bianca Belair was excellent in, in her first in her I believe her first World Rumble.
0: Let me see if Rumble Metrics has something on the twenty twenty. Twenty twenty beast mode. Here we go. We have
1: Yeah, Bianca Belair was um came in. She she was out she was really good. And what we we were as we were talking with each other as the Rumble was going on, we talked about like, how good like the interactions Bianca Charlotte was, Bianca Charlotte Naomi. Was entertaining. Uh, the, the, those are matches that we would both love to see. It, it, it was this was good. Like her, her, her and Air was absolutely not out of place with the with the uh, with, with some of the the, the average interval okay. was
0: one forty five in the women's rumble. Youngest okay. participant was Tony Storm, twenty four years, three months, seven days. The oldest okay. was Santina. <laughs> I hated every minute of it.
1: I I just laughed hysterically. I I, 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 I hated I, it. I hated I it. I didn't put any. I yeah, it took away a spot that could have gone to someone else. I I I understand it. Um, uh, but yeah, I I understood that point of view. Like why why you would hate it, why you would dump on that. But uh, but a revolution when you have a I man in
0: there. Like... Come on, bitch.
1: Yeah. You think those? You think it was in part because of Sasha? And, and, and probably Sausage's inability to actually compete mm-hmm. in the Rumble match. You think that was why Santina was put in instead? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that was part of it. And obviously we got the, the Liv Morgan part. Well, Liv Morgan and Lana get, have a little thing. Thank goodness they didn't give Lana a microphone. Uh, they had their part in there where they eliminate each other and they continue to fight. We, we saw Naomi return, which was great. And then Naomi do a, a, a Rumble escape spot which I thought was nice. We saw some nice surprises with the, the likes of Mighty Molly come back, and we, which I thought was a nice... Uh, that was beyond a nice the was
0: the longest person in the Rumble at 33-22. Okay, she did out last Charlotte. Okay. 61.47% of the match. Chelsea Green was the shortest. Mm. 40 seconds. one23 the average was 10.08, 18.67%. Most eliminations was B, B, Bianca Belair and Baszler with eight. There were 21 wrestlers with zero eliminations.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, let's think about that. Belair, Baszler, and Charlotte, who I believe had, what, six or seven eliminations? The three of them, yeah. The three of them really did eliminate most of the field. The longest gap the- between eliminations...
0: Was between eighteen and
1: nineteen,
0: eleven fifty seven. Um. So I'll read you the Rumble metrics. Thirteen. That's one number. Brock Lesnar's thirteen consecutive eliminations to open. Oh no, no, well. No, we'll
1: get to the men's. We'll get to the men's. Ultimately, the Rumble came down to Charlotte and Shannon Baszler, who came in number thirty. And it would seem that. It's only a matter of time before Shana's officially called up to the main roster, and Shayna absolutely didn't see him out of place. She was and she was basically a tornado and uh, destroyed every, pretty much everyone in her path. Dropping eight, eliminated eight women in about a half hour. Shana did it in about two minutes, and she scorched the earth and destroyed everyone in her path uh, everyone in front of her, including getting some revenge on Chelsea Blackheart and basically. Hey, Shayna dominating the latter half of the, the latter stages of the rumble until we and, until we got to her and Charlotte. But yeah, but Beth Phoenix doing her thing too. Beth Phoenix getting revenge on Natty and Beth Phoenix uh, taking a real nasty cut in the back of her head. And she got and I don't think it was Lee because it happened before after watching it back. It happened before Xia Li, uh got involved in the match. So oh,
0: okay.
1: I I'd I see how exactly it happened, but it happened before because She was there, there was a massive gas in the back of her head before that. But um, but Beth Phoenix she was tough. And that explains why she didn't do World Worlds Collide, which I, I thought that's what she was going to do with uh, with Phillips and uh, and Nigel. But that explains why she didn't. And Beth Phoenix finishing third in the Women's Rumble very impressive on her part before Sheena eliminated her. Very impressive. Um. A good Royal Rumble. This was a good Rumble all from start to finish. I enjoyed the Women's Rumble. This was easily, to me, the best of the three that they've done so far. Charlotte winning from number 17.
0: Bailey versus Lacey Evans. This was bad. <laughs> this, yeah, it was.
1: Yeah, it this was. was awful. <laughs> it, this, this was not. This was not good. It was. Uh, this, this, wasn't even, this was barely, honestly, that much. Not even very watchable, to be honest. Uh, I was. It's just boring to me, which was sad because the build up to it was actually pretty good and pretty productive, and it put Lacey on pretty well. And I'm like, okay, this actually might be something. It wasn't. None of it was. None of it was good. It, it just, it was just boring, honestly. To to, to tell you the truth. I
0: rewatched the strap match. It was not good.
1: I enjoyed it more than you did, but then again, that's the case with all, with pretty much all Bray Wyatt things. I, I like the the story evolved with it. Uh, I like that they actually. It was
0: good, but I, I'm like, I'm like, fucking, I'm I'm fucking done with the fiend.
1: Well, yeah, you've been done with the fiend for like two months now. The uh, to me, what what made this productive for me was that a the strap <sighs> prominent part of the match that it didn't deviate with other weapons or anything like that. B I love that running, how Bryant ran into the Sister Abigail. I thought that should have been the finish. I think that's what we're both, we said that as it happened. We wish that that should have been the finish. That the mandible claw and then Daniel Bryant getting out of the mandible claw and that part of it, I think it should have rearranged, rearranged it. And then the, the Terminator spot where Brian Wyatt gets hit with the, with the strap and it does not affect him, that should have been at the start of the match. I think that would have made that better. And then as the I liked what so like Kelly Harris
0: had to say on the Voices of the Wrestling review. Okay. It's legitimately depressing to see one of the greatest wrestlers to ever live be stuck in, t- t- in this goofy bullshit. I, I'll i be positive for a moment and say that Daniel Bryan managed to drag a halfway decent match out of The Fiend for the second good singles match of Brazen Wyatt's career. Take... This match out of the context of anything else around it, and it's a solid, it's what's a what, solid underdog versus monster match. Now, with that out of the way, it was an immensely stupid <clears throat> match. Brian took an actual whipping for this. Mm-hmm. Rema- remember, WWE is the safe company. Yes, this is the best company for him to be for his health. This is the kind of horseshit that make me. Stop watching this company. They don't care about their product. And they don't care about their wrestlers. Bray Wyatt is a terrible wrestler with a stupid gimmick. He's perfect for this company. And that's... It was,
1: it was confusing. It was confusing that they actually chose a strat match initially. Like, okay, I get it. Why not just put it in a cage match then? Like if you don't want if you don't want to escape, let's just have a cage or something? Thank goodness they got rid of the red lighting because, because that that was that was a, that was annoying in itself. But Bray won. I think he was the right person to win the match. No, I don't Maybe think he there.
0: was either. Awesome. The one person won.
1: But but ultimately, it's it's clear to their they're, they're gonna go you are gonna go all in with something. You might as well go all in. It's like, the, it's like what they did with gender and how how gender's won last in six months. Fuck you, go that <laughs> uh, uh, the that's You're going to go all in. That's something we'll, we'll tell our, like our, 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 any eventual kids one day. Jennifer Hall was trash, and then within two months, they turned him into a WWE champion. <laughs> it's something Fuck we'll, that tell shit. Any, we'll tell the next generation. But I digress. Bray retains the title. Now we get to. The men's Royal Something rumble Something good. <laughs> this was entertaining as well. The, 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 men's, the men's rumble was actually really entertaining. Becky went versus Asuka. Oh, Becky Asuka. I'm sorry. Becky Asuka good. before that. Becky Asuka before that was good. Yes, this was a very good match very good as well. Yes, this, this was very good. And I, I enjoyed it from start to finish. I, I thought it was very productive. It, it served its purpose. Uh, definitely making Asuka still look productive as a heel, and making Becky finally. Uh, get over the hump, if you will, with uh, finally beating the Empress of tomorrow. Uh, I like the green, the, the green mist spot. I thought was very was very well effectively played with uh, with her with Oscar trying to use the green mist, but Becky this time uh, countering it and making sure she didn't get caught in the eyes. And Kyrie Sane's involvement was also very well played. I think so that, that was well done. And ultimately, Asuka tapping having to the disarmor, I think Oscar was the right person. Becky was the right person to win the match. So. I think they played pretty much everything very well done here. So good job by Oscar Becky and everybody who thought Becky should have retained. So good job there. And now we get to the Royal Rumble match, the, the men's Royal Rumble, if you will. Yeah. Very entertaining from start to finish. Yeah. I was a fan of this. I, I like how they, they played a lot of the uh, the start of the match. Of okay, Brock Lesnar is going to dominate. He's going to scorch the earth, and he did. I didn't expect expected A, for Lesnar to have 13 straight eliminations and B. Why not just have Brock Lesnar break the record, by the way? That, that, that part kind of disappointed me. That uh, the, I think Lesnar should have broken the record. I, I really do. I think he should have just broken it at 14 so we could stop this greatest world rumble ever stuff. Well, the hot garbage that uh, Strowman getting 13, 14 eliminations and a 50-man rumble. I, I wish it would have been Lesnar breaking the record with 14 eliminations as opposed to tying it with 13. That's my one. That's my one gripe about this. I don't
0: care about that shit. I. Uh, I really uh, that.
1: Other than that, I guess it's just statistics. I guess. But but other than that, I like how this played out with Ricochet getting a little bit of revenge with a low blow, and then McIntyre with the Claymore. The interactions of Brock and Keith Lee, I thought that was great. The stuff that um that knew that with that the Kofi Biggie and Rey Mysterio did, I thought that was that was a, a good way to triple team Brock. I think they kind of squashed Strowman. It, like, Strowman and Keith Lee not being used as effectively as they could No, he cleared been.
0: out jobbers. Then he confronted his old rivals, Kofi, Ray, and Biggie. Then he thought was nice. Then he had the Minnesota Wrecking Crew reunion with Shelton. Then he defeated two IWGP <laughs> Intercontinental <laughs> Champions in MVV yep, yep. and Nakamura. Mm-hmm. Because MVV was the first IWGP Intercontinental Champion.
1: Yeah. had the interesting... Just, just, just probably being the most famous. Uh, him and AJ, of course,
0: and
1: Nakamura. No, no that's not Nakamura. That's Nakamura and AJ being probably the two most famous.
0: Oh yeah. And the interesting house battle section. Mhm.
1: Eric and Rowan it- lasted the least amount of time, I believe, with eight seconds. And the, oh yeah, oh what about? Yeah, we probably should probably talk about the the Riddle and, and Lesnar thing. Yes. How, how Riddle. And Lesnar kind of, kind of got into a backstage beef, a backstage um, kind of argument. It didn't, get, it didn't escalate any deep, but Riddle and Lesnar kind of had a backstage altercation uh, with uh, Riddle pretty much calling out Brock Lesnar, and he's pretty much been sticking to that for a while. I know Heyman commented on it. I was reading an article earlier today about Heyman commenting on it saying, I, I get it. I get why Riddle comes after Brock Lesnar. He, he's the biggest draw. He, he, knows, he thinks this, part of this is a money grab. Like, you attach your name to Brock Lesnar, you're trying to get money. You're trying to get attention. So, Heyman kind of understood it, it sounded like, from why, why Riddle would come after Brock and, and call out Lesnar, saying he was going to end his career. But Lesnar promptly saying, like, you're not going to – I'm not going to work with you. Like, I'm not working with you or, so, or stuff like that. So, I, I get it why Heyman w- w- uh, would clap back the way he did. I understand. Completely understand it. Nothing physical happened. There was no – nothing happened to Riddle. Nothing was done. It, this was clearly just like a backstage argument between the two. Uh, between the two dudes. But yeah, McIntyre eliminating Lesnar. And you can see the writing was on the wall that it was going to be McIntyre and Lesnar at WrestleMania in some way, somehow. And ultimately, this was a very entertaining match. McIntyre came in at 16 to get the elimination there. But basically, the world broke for the second time in about seven hours uh, on Sunday because of the 21st entrant, And his name was... On this day... I see it clearly! The world broke when the rated-R superstar Edge made his triumphant return to the ring. And the reaction videos, if you haven't seen some of them on YouTube, I advise you to go do it because it's highly entertaining and it's awesome. Uh, seeing the, the reactions. Some of them live in, at the Minute Maid Park. Some of them in, at home. Some of them in bars. Live reactions. Awesome. Of Edge making his triumphant return. And the cameraman... Whoever was the cameraman at first, the live camera feed uh, with the first spear on Ziggler, how, how did you fail and miss that? Oh, how, how did you, you miss? How, how, how did you read production?
0: You, no, you, <laughs> you, you suck. You suck. You suck. suck. <laughs> you, you suck. suck. <laughs> you but suck. Yeah, uh, Kevin, it, Dunn. You it, suck. Kevin done You suck.
1: Oh, it was—it was. That's a bad miss. Now I knew that they had. There were different angles. They were gonna catch the spear, and I know they're gonna go back and edit it to make it sure that that the, the that, the, that the secondary angle is the one that, that gets used for that. Anytime anyone goes back and watches the Royal Rumble, I I, I know that's gonna happen just because like I it's i uh, I've seen this happen with camera angles and editing before, so I, I know that how that goes down. But yeah, so the first spear missing that live was pretty bad. And, okay, so they got Edge comes in, Rex Shop, does his thing. We saw some great interactions, Edge in AJ Styles, Edge and Seth Rollins. We saw some great interactions, of some dream matches that we kind of expect to happen and kind of uh, really honestly dream, like, hope that that see happen. And I saw some interesting tidbits on Edge's deal. Apparently, his deal is a three-year situation, uh, three – He's got 25 matches uh, in, in, involved in the deal. He's got to work at least three per year to get a million dollars a year, and he's got to do 25 appearances and five matches. So apparently, that's, uh, that's pretty much the gist of Edge's uh, contract with WWE. So it is kind of part time, but Edge is at least going to do stuff with it, as from, from what I understand and from what I've read about with, uh, with Edge's uh, with Edge signing a deal with WWE to, to do more stuff. It's came, the Rumble itself came down to Edge, Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre as the final three. And Randy Orton as the fourth. Randy Orton as the fourth. And we got a lot of uh, team-rated RKO stuff, which I thought was great. The double RKO on McIntyre was fun. And it looked like Orton was going to turn on Edge. And Edge, as we know, they teamed with, with Orton, and Edge was really a schemer before Randy Orton was. So Orton made the fatal mistake of turning his back on Edge, and he really shouldn't have did that. And promptly was thrown out of the out of the match by Edge. Unfortunately, we did not get a Kofi escape, and I'm not sure this match really needed it. I think this match was pretty much was pretty good without without a Kofi escape this year. We also got the interactions of uh, Seth and Buddy. Kind of jump back in the story. Seth and his crew dealing with Joe, Alistair, and Kevin Owens as Owens, Joe, and Rollins pretty much came out at the end of the match. Rollins was number 30. So we got some interactions between those guys. And a massive brawl at followed the eliminations of all the faces. <clears throat> so we got good interaction there. Keep that story going. There's more on Raw. So it came out, as I mentioned, in the final four. Orton getting eliminated by Edge. That's the final three. Reigns eliminated Edge, which drops into the final two of Reigns and McIntyre. And then it was... McIntyre with a Claymore kick and an elimination of Roman Reigns. So Drew McIntyre wins the 2020 Royal Rumble and will finally get his first shot at the WWE or the World of the Universal Championship at WrestleMania, which I'm going to get to right about now, because Raw is the next thing that happens here. Raw thing, Raw. Monday Night Raw. And I think it, it started well. I thought it ended very well. The middle, eh, all right, nothing special. So we start with, I already told you about Almus and and Umberto and that situation, so we can skip over that. But then we can get to McIntyre started the show, and McIntyre got a hero's welcome in San Antonio, and immediately decided he wasted no time that he was going to come and do the obvious thing and go after Brock Lesnar in the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. So we got that match set up. McIntyre then promptly destroyed Galaxy and Anderson in a handicap match dropping both of them with Clay Morris and pinning them both. This led to Brock Lesnar then dropping McIntyre with a prompt F5 right after the uh, proceedings, right after the match that McIntyre just had. So I thought it's a good job of advancing the storyline. It's a good job of of kind of setting it up with Drew and Brock coming up in nine weeks. I think it's a very good look that we got what what we got here. Good job on all parts. Cool with that. Next up, we got Rey Mysterio versus a rather old MVP. Let's, let's call it a spade a spade. MVP did not move very well at all. But this is, it was an alright match for what it was. Rey Mysterio getting the win. So you really, you missed nothing here except for nostalgia. Yeah. <clears throat> let's see here. Allison Black, Black destroyed somebody and is probably saying he's going to go after other people as opposed to waiting for people to challenge him, which is perfectly fine because we need Aleister Black having more high-profile matches. We need that. We need more of that.
0: We yeah, have Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe got concussion, so mm-hmm. it was Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens and Buddy it Murphy and Seth Rollins when.
1: Ultimately, it was Buddy Murphy getting the pin on Kevin Owens after the Viking Raiders jumped AOP in their locker room, keeping that storyline going between those eight men. Unfortunately, obviously Joe with the concussion uh, kind of hindered things a little bit, but still a win for Buddy and Seth. Right, Umberto
0: versus Andrade.
1: I pretty much explained that earlier after the Rumble match with, um, with Umberto winning by disqualification and then basically getting his revenge on Andrade right after. Again, why do you have Andrade keep the title at even though he's getting suspended and can't technically defend it within the 30-day period? Made zero sense to, uh, to either of us, quite honestly.
0: Charlotte. Said.
1: Charlotte actually really didn't make a decision. She truthfully didn't uh, decide on whether she's going to challenge Bailey or Becky, or whoever either champion is going to be. She didn't really make a call. She instead fought Asuka, and what was a pretty productive fight. It was a pretty productive one-on-one between the two. As uh, is clear, Asuka needs to get back on her feet after losing. Uh, Kyrie Singh would get involved and basically cause a disqualification, but uh, Flair would fight the both of them off. As uh, Asuka had to, uh, so Kyrie had to make Oscar had to make the save after um, of the same interference. So Charlotte wins by DQ, and uh, Charlotte will continue to keep everybody on edge with her. will keep everybody guessing with her decision. Can we
0: say these three segments never yeah. happened? Then Mojo Raleigh, No Way Jose, Archer dressed as a cheeseburger, um, Lana versus Liv Morgan, and yeah. Eric Rowan yeah. versus.
1: Yeah live one finally we can, hopefully we hopefully we can end this segment with live and lana live finally beats lana and destroys a, another jobber dude but really the last so the last hour of raw was basically trash until we got to edge's return to raw so we got the edge's return the last hour, the last three segments were complete trash And edge returns the building goes nuts the building is basically living on edge's every single word brand new then comes out and it looked like, okay, R- could Raider RKO be coming back together? Or is Randy going to fight Edge? This turned into, okay, Orton's like, he, threw, he dangled the carrot. Like, all right, let's have Raider RKO. Let's have Radio RKO come back. And then Orton dropped the one RKO. Instantly turning him heel, instantly making everybody hate Randy Orton. And I think this was the right move to do it. I love that they went this route with Randy. I think this is a, a good look to go. Randy being incredibly safe in the ring for Edge considering his neck injury and his neck his, history, perfectly cool with it. I think Edge wouldn't have been able to take the concerto in the RKO if his neck weren't 100%. So I, I'm perfectly fine with it. It's similar how Daniel Bryant returned. How Daniel Bryant returned and he immediately got beat up. And he, he kind of knew, okay, he's going to be all right. So I, I get it. So I'm, I'm perfectly cool with this. I think it's perfectly fine as long as he's healthy. Perfectly fine. And Orton gets Orton then finishes the deal with a concerto. Uh, on one of the innovators of the concerto, dropping Edge with it. As it looked like he was going to do worse. <laughs> it looked like Orton was seriously going to finish Edge. But boy, he had the, the chair around his neck, it was going to the second row. We are like, wow, you really are going to finish him. Thankfully, Randy didn't go that route, but the concerto is the next best thing. So I think it's perfectly fine. We're clearly setting Orton and Edge up, either for WrestleMania or for Blood Money 4, aka Blood Money 5, aka Super Showdown. So that's Raw. Raw started well had some good stuff until the 10 o'clock hour hit, and then it ended outstandingly well. So that's Raw. You want to go to AEW have- NXT. NXT? NXT was hot to me. Uh, NXT, well, I liked NXT. I thought
0: me. both shows were meh.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I agree with you on AEW. I, didn't, I just couldn't get into AEW. Honestly. AEW was, was bland. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bland. AEW was pretty bland to me. And NXT, and I think the thing about NXT that we learned this week, this women's division is incredibly deep. The fact that you had two respectively, two good matches, and a third with was, was Chelsea Green, I thought was eh. But the other two matches I thought were good, and you didn't have anybody that involved themselves in the War Games match, or actually officially competed in the War Games match. You got this women's division stacked. Now I, I wish the UK division would, would um would get some of these women. But the match well the night started off with Finn Balor and Trent Seven. And Finn Balor basically beat up Trent Seven from start to finish and effectively dominated the match. Uh seven got some of his stuff in. he got a seven style lariat. But this is really about Balor doing his thing. Balor hit the Couper Braun in nineteen sixteen to get it done, but this was a good opener to the show. It really was. Shot this is one of the th- this is one of the two um, women's matches. Shotzi Blackheart and Deanna Perazzo was a productive women's match. A good way to start the show. I like you know, I like um, Shotzi Blackheart's mini tank. I was cool. I thought that was fun. I did, I, I, it was a fun way to come into the into the ring. People were loving it. Her entrance online I noticed that, but uh, ultimately it was uh, Shotzi getting it done and, and getting the pin for a diving senton uh, to kind of continue her run in NXT. Good job there. Lee Dijakovic and Damian Priest. Good segment between the three big men. The Marilyn Manson wannabe line, by Dijakovic was great. I thought that was hilarious. That was funny. And this led to a very good match between Dajakovic and um, Damian Priest. So This was a very good match between the two of them. I, I thought both dudes really, really put it down. I, I was a-, a big fan of this match. Highly entertaining. Uh, It was Dajakovic getting it done with the feast to rise. This is a really good match and probably Priest's best match since he's been in NXT. That's how they... That match was the match he won against Keith Lee last summer. Either one would be fine. Yeah. Then we got a very violent situation. Well, not violent, but a very good situation by Ciampa as Ciampa, as we knew that Cole was going to find out his challenger would take over Portland on Wednesday. And we noticed that uh, Undisputed Era kind of got laid out in the back, and it was Ciampa who did it with a, with a steel pipe. He kind of said he was going to do this, and then promptly laid out the other three members of UE with a lead pipe, leaving Cole one on one. Cole got heated. They went to the ring. Cole went to the ring with the contract and said, okay, let's, let's go to work. As, as those two dudes started the fight, ultimately it was Champa powerbombing Cole through a table and then putting his name, pen to paper, on the contract. So we're looking like Ciampa versus Cole in Portland, which we expected, but it made it official for TakeOver Portland. Well done, segment. Good stuff there. A rivalry that has continued to build and build and build, and I've enjoyed this build. I know you've enjoyed it, too. We'll see Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai. Full disclosure, Tegan and Dakota look extra hot right now. No, no cap. No no lies here. No lies. <clears throat> but ultimately, it was uh, in the ring. Uh, we obviously got the, the uses of the knee brace by Knox on to Kai, but it was the shiniest wizard that put Kai down for three with a little bit of an assist by Candice LeRae, who would kind of get herself involved in the match, but, uh, but, good, but good job continuing to build this rivalry. I kind of hope this isn't the end, because I think, I think there's more these two can do, and if, if ever there's a women's match that, that deserves say like a, a no DQ or some sort of stip between these two, I think these two are probably the, the two to have it. This was good stuff between, uh, between Knox and Kai. Keep that, let's keep that going. Chelsea Green got beat by Caden Carter. There wasn't, wasn't much here, to tell you the truth, that happened. But uh, Chelsea losing her first uh, effective match in NXT, not much really happened here. We gonna need to see more from her eventually. And now we get to the finals of the Dusty Rose Classic, GYBs, and the Broserweights. A good match. A very productive match. It served its purpose. All four guys got their stuff in. Both teams did great double team work. I thought this was a, uh, nothing seemed out of place here. I was highly entertaining from start to finish. The bros cle- have caught fire as, since they've become a team. And in, in the three weeks, they've been tag teaming together. Riddle and done, get the, get the job done. And uh, they hit the, kind of the bro to sleep, if you will, uh, to get the pin on Gibson and win the titles. And they, and they win the dusty cup and number one contendership for the tag team championships to take over Portland. So that's the added prize. That was added on Saturday at Worlds Collide before they did their promo. So they are the four winners joining uh, joining Finn Balor and Samoa Joe, and AOP in the Undisputed Era. the fifth winners, uh, AOP in the Undisputed Era, and uh, last year's winners, Alice the Black and Ricochet. And that is NXT. A
0: E Deb. We had a promo from from John Moxley. Moxley. Say, the crowd loves him and then Jericho comes out and erupts him, calls the crowds idiots mm-hmm. for singing that song.
1: Yeah, for yeah, for for singing the song and the fact that they were in they were in Cleveland. Obviously obviously Moxley being from Cincinnati. Uh got the got the Ohio love uh involved there too.
0: Ten on one. Um he,
1: he did the OH IO Mm-hmm. That's a chant as a Penn Stater I will never do, but I understand why you did it. Uh, Penn
0: Stater will never do.
1: Oh no, we, we don't. We don't believe in that. Nope, I don't. I don't believe in that <laughs> at all.
0: <Nope. laughs> and these uh, boys will never do that chant. So. Oh no. I, no oh no.
1: I, I I did get a, a chuckle out of Jericho and following the Ohioans after that chant. I did get I did get a little uh, chuckle out of Jericho doing that. So I was then. Well, good job, Chris. Good job.
0: Um, but it was a good promo work from both. It
1: was. It it really was. of uh, both parties, all seriousness, the promo was actually good. So it, it served its purpose. Continued to build heat up, uh, for their one on one title match at the end of the month, uh, at the end of February in Chicago. So it continued to build up the heat. So good, good job there. It was good stuff.
0: Butcher and the Blade versus the Bucks. Melter Driver,
1: mm-hmm. done.
0: Good match.
1: It was. A W on the comment, uh, uh, MJF on the commentary. I thought he was productive there. Uh,
0: Did you see I, I the that. vignette beforehand? Yeah, I,
1: I, <laughs> I love that. I loved the vignette. Yeah, I thought it was dope. I thought it served. I thought every character involved in that played it perfectly. A W kind of being, uh, MJF kind of being a boss, and then getting Wardlow um, with, with the briefcase was obviously full of with the uh, with the envelope was obviously full of cash. As the blade, as Bunny had the knife, it was—it was like if he said something wrong, it was gonna—it was gonna be trouble. It was gonna be some drama involved. But I, I love how that was played off. And then the stuff in the crowd MJF did before he went to the commentary table. Oh, that was—that was wild. MJM MJF was doing it in the crowd, uh, before he went to the commentary table and saw with basically JR and Shivani. But, uh, but, and the, and the whole crew there. I, th- I thought that was funny as well. MJF, again, is a heel that is awesome. We'll we get to
0: Hangman page later. We'll get to the Hangman page later and the $12 that he owes private party. <laughs> we did see that. You, yeah.
1: you saw that, though, right? <laughs> I, did. I did see that. That was good.
0: <laughs> um.
1: Oh, Hangman page is funny. Hangman page, good job. Um.
0: Omega makes a save, butchered way to tag the Bucks. Omega makes a save, and Page hits the Bucs shot Larry with the beer in hand.
1: Yep. No, actually, you know, he handed the beer off. He, he handed, handed off the, the beer, beer off to Matt. Yeah, he handed the beer off to Matt Jackson, and then hit the Bucks out, Larry. And, 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 and then the and, 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 he, the, he took the beer back and dipped. He took the beer back and dipped. So that was great. As, 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 <laughs> it's only a matter of time for Hangman Page <laughs> to turn I love Hangman. <laughs> it's only a matter of time for him to turn on Kenny, but in the meantime, continue to do this stuff that you're doing. Hey, Megan, this is funny. You're a champion. Um, I'm you're here champion. for this. Nyla Rose versus Big Swole. This was really good. It actually was a good match. You know what? We got to see Nyla Rose actually get tested. And and we got to see Big Swole in her athleticism. I think this was a good match to have. I think both women are better against smaller opponents. But I think this was a good match. I really do. I think this was all. And, well, really. Not the Rose case. Every opponent's gonna be smaller, but Nala Rose gets like super smaller, like like women to face, as opposed to Big Swole, who's not quite in her like like build class, but is probably the second biggest woman that's gonna consistently wrestle on on AEW. But this this is a good match.
0: Cody versus Kip Sabian. This was easy, easily the worst Cody match.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And then it's we, AEW Tangier.
1: Yeah, you Nala know, Rose got it done, by the way. But yeah, Cody versus Kip. Yeah, really not much. I mean, I, I, there's a whole lot of involvement by Penelope Ford. A whole lot of happened with Penelope. There, she was really the, the main part of the match, honestly. As opposed to the two Ford guys is a
0: dollar was. tree Zelina Vega. Yeah? I can buy that? Wasn't his fault.
1: It wasn't Cody's fault. So. No, no. It, it probably was too much Penelope Ford. It probably was too much Penelope. But yeah, no. Zelina is so much better in that role. You, you, you're 100% right. Zelina is so much better in that role. Cody gets the win, but yeah, it was, uh... And Cody, put, put obviously, putting some more on that with three straight crossroads to finish the deal as he's going to take a whipping next week uh, to set up the three weeks of, uh, to set up the stipulations that were going to happen uh, before he could fight MJF and Chi-Town.
0: And then Britt Baker, fire.
1: Fire! <laughs> Britt Baker on the microphone is heat. Is nothing but heat. There is nothing but heat. I, like her, and she could extend her beef to Jr. with, with the, the getting at him with the barbecue sauce and getting at him. How with does what, she what know? How does she know
0: that he has gingivitis by his breath?
1: <laughs> well, she's a, she's a dentist. She can figure that out. She's got a she's got a PhD, as, as we now know. DMD? She's got a PhD. She's a DMD. She, she knows. And, and she's studied it in uh, dermatology. So she Don't
0: mess know. with dentists.
1: Nope. Not at all. But, but basically, you better have but a pack of gum on a hand. Bitch. <laughs> basically, I think what we're saying here, if you're going to talk to Britt Baker up close, have a pack of gum on hand. Because she can, she can put you on game for that. Adam
0: Cole, baby. Adam Cole, baby.
1: Not the Dr. Cole, Dr. Cole baby. Dr. Cole Bebe, putting it, spit out more heat on AEW with the microphone. She is absolutely Cole fire. With She's absolute fire with the microphone. There's no other way to say it. Dr. Cole, you with you the microphone is just absolute fire. <coughs> She'll be in action next week. Guy next SEU versus
0: Hellico and Cat and how and Jack Evans. They had a tribute to Kobe.
1: Yep, um, SCU, all three of them wearing Kobe jerseys. Uh and then kinda of, it was clear that Scorpio Sky was absolutely shook as all out of the world was, so we understood why. Uh was shook with, uh, with Kobe's passing. So the three of the three of the, the SoCal natives showed some love to the the NBA legend. And it was um SCU with SCU with a good win to, to finish the kind of get themselves back on track And it's clear they're gonna get a tight title shot, a rematch and we got dark order shit. <laughs> yep, dar <laughs> so you think you can go without Dark Order? Uh, Dark Order comes back, and they, they clearly want more heat with, Chris, with uh, Christopher Daniels, and oh they clearly God. want him destroying Dark Order. Hey, at least, at least we didn't get uh, uh, Brady Rose's crew. At least we didn't get uh, Brady Rose's crew. Oh, I think. Sh- oh,
0: I hope they scrap that shit. <laughs> at
1: least we didn't get. That- hey, we didn't get them for back-to-back weeks. So, uh, that's the that's thing that, that nobody seems to like. Is Nightmare no Collective. No one. We didn't get. No, no. <laughs> we didn't get that for the second straight week. At least there's that. Uh, we, got, we got a we got an Edgar Allen paul style promo from Pac. I mean, like where, where Pac was like he seemed very angry and he's upset. Coming and like he about he's, coming blood, he's coming for blood, man. Coming for blood. Like the, the dude's in nothing but his tights and he's outside. Like he's out in like the Cleveland winter, which I don't recommend anybody to do. he's he's he cutting the promo like he's he cutting a very violent promo. Like he's coming for Kenny Omega's blood. Like he's he's doing he's gonna start this process next week. So like it's it it was ominous, man. It was very ominous. So next week
0: good- we got our next week preview. So next week, Cody takes his ten lashes from MJF. Mm-hmm. Ortiz versus John Moxley, Britt Baker right, versus right. Yuka Sakazaki, and Bucks, mm-hmm. Page and Omega versus Butcher Blade and the Lucha Brothers. That
1: was yeah, that was so originally the Lucha Bros, they were the they were um, that was the mystery team that a Butcher and the Blade were going to add to the eight man tag. So that, that's a that's gonna be that's a good uh, amount of car, amount of stuff happening next week on AEW's Dynamite. Then we get to the main event. a uh, private Party, Darby Allin versus Santana Ortiz and La Champion versus Jericho. Private
0: party never got their twelve dollars from Hangman Page.
1: Nope, they never got the money back from Hangman Page. But for this But it, it did get this is true. What it did catch was a
0: beating, as and a, a Judas effect.
1: And the Judas effect basically knocked one of the private party members cold. Cassidy. It, it knocked it knocked Cassidy cold out in the middle of the ring. Jericho gets the <laughs> pin. <laughs> he was, that's a, if ever there was a nightfall moment in the week, that's it. Because Jericho knocked him cold with the Judas effect, and he he was done from there. This turned into a beatdown. A five on one beating, a five on three, really five on two at this point. Beat down. Uh, where Darby Allen really took the worst of it, as Darby got the skateboard to the throat by Sammy Guevara, and he, he took a, a mass, he took a whip uh, from the title belt to his back. As it's clear, it looks like Allen and Guevara, that'd be a pretty solid one on one match actually. So if they do that, by all means, that'd be pretty good. Uh, basically, Moxley had to make the save. And basically save what could have been a whole lot worse for Darby Allen, quite honestly. And that's how really the show ended, was uh, Moxley making the save and getting the inner circle away from Darby Allen. That's AEW. Yes.
0: Um, Super Bowl.
1: And now uh- Super Bowl Sunday. <clears throat> the best offense in the playoffs and the best defense in the playoffs are oh, the only ones left standing. <clears throat> we got the Chiefs, who's road here was getting the number two seed in the AFC thanks to the Dolphins beating the Patriots and basically chasing the last game of the AFC forever. Even with Tom Brady's cryptic tweet, if you didn't see it, you should probably look at his, his Twitter. It, his tweet's pretty cryptic. Anyway, we saw the, the Chiefs come back from a 24-0 lead, <clears throat> 24-0 deficit uh, by the hand of the Texans, and Bill O'Brien being a complete idiot. Um, sorry, Bill, you, I know you're a former Penn State coach, but in Houston you really just lost your brain cells. That was a really dumb decision on your part. But um, what ended up happening was the, t- the 41 unanswered points, as we all know, by the Chiefs, Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey doing their thing. And then we saw the Chiefs beat Tennessee. Well, very game for a lot of the uh, first half, but they just didn't have the horses to keep up with, uh, with Kansas City. So Kansas City goes to Super Bowl that way. And they keep the Lamar Hunt Trophy at its original home in Kansas City, Missouri. Absolutely. So I have
0: some Super Bowl prop bets mm-hmm. here for the broadcast, for the for the uh, halftime, and for the for the um, commercials. All right,
1: we'll oh, do we some
0: it. fun ones because the the uh, normal ones are boring. Mm-hmm. Like oh, how many yards? So. Will the broadcast show a clip or a picture of Joe Montana playing for the Chiefs? I'm going to say yes. Yes is plus 150. No, it's minus 200.
1: They have to. He played for both teams. They they, they, have, they have to do that.
0: Will Joe Buck mention his father, Jack Buck?
1: This one's interesting. As I know they talked about it. Um, Jim Nance did uh talk about it as the Chiefs are winning the AFC title, how Jack Buck called Super Bowl one with the Chiefs and now fifty some odd fifty years later, fifty plus years later, uh his son Joe is going to call Super Bowl fifty four with the Chiefs. It might have been four and fifty four. But he definitely didn't call early Super Bowl Kansas City was involved in. And then his son's not gonna call this one with the Chiefs in it. So there, there was this was um so I would imagine I don't know I don't think he'll mention his father, but I do think his father I think Aikman or somebody else is going to mention him. I don't think it'll be Joe. Okay. So I'm gonna say no to that.
0: So my minus 300, no plus two hundred, yes. Will the Super Bowl mention that Rockets mentioned that the Super Bowl is on ground all day? Yes, plus three hundred, no, minus five hundred. <clears throat>
1: I'm going to say yes.
0: I'm
1: going to say yes. Yeah. I think,
0: I think yes that's going be... Yes um, 300. I'm going to say yes. Which X 49 ers player will be mentioned first on the broadcast? Joe Montana, Young, Jerry which- Rice, or Steve Young? Montana. I'm going Montana. Minus
1: 150. Okay. Plus 140
0: for Jerry Rice. Steve Young, 40. Plus 400. Well, a uh, John 316 banner or sign be shown.
1: Uh, John 316. Austin. We're talking Miami. Austin's possible considering SmackDown is on Fox as well. And obviously they did WWE backstage in Miami at the Super Bowl set. I'm going to say yes to John. a uh, John 316 sign.
0: That's at plus 300, minus 500, now. Will the broadcast mention Alex Smith?
1: They have to. He's an integral part of how this went down with Kansas City. Absolutely, I think they do.
0: And the 49ers. Yeah. Yeah, I
1: mean, yeah. obviously, Alex Smith playing for both teams. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they're going to have to mention that.
0: Plus, plus 300, yes, minus 500, no. Will the broadcast mention Steve Bono?
1: Hmm. <laughs> okay, now this one's interesting. Ah, uh, I don't, I don't see Aikman and Buck being that kind of. They're not really pop culturey with a lot with some of their commentary. They they, they mention stuff, but they're not like over the top with it. They probably do, but they're not, like, over the top with their pop culture stuff. But I think they'll mention them, yes.
0: Who's Steve Bono again?
1: Steve Bono is... Steve Bono is... He is a former... uh... He's a former football quarterback in the NFL. I believe he was a oh. quarterback. Was he the quarterback for the Chiefs when the Chiefs won the? Uh... No, he could have been. He did, well, for the he, he did play for the Chiefs. He uh, did play for the Chiefs in his career. He's a he's a Super Bowl champion. Uh, he won a Super Bowl twenty four with the Niners. So he was a backup uh, uh, for the Niners Super Bowl twenty four. So he played for he played for both teams as well. I'm gonna say no to him. I'm gonna say no to Steve Bono. Will Darrell Revis tweet about Richard Sherman during the game? <laughs> okay, so let, let's do the backstory on this. Darrell Revis? Yes. Says, or no, I'm going yes. <laughs> okay, Revis, I'm gonna say yeah. I'm gonna say yeah too. Uh, so Revis, the backstory on this is that Revis is mad that Richard Sherman gets all this love and attention, and he and he's claiming that Sherman only really covers one side of the field, which is mostly true. And Sherman's basically covered one side of the field in his career, but is locked down. Revis, on the other hand, has been pretty much a guy to lock down one particular receiver. And Revis jumped into this defense on Twitter. Sherman clapped back. Cause he knew it was coming. Sherman clapped back and said, saying, oh, but I'm going to the Super Bowl. And you're going to your, your couch or something. And like, he clapped back saying like, like I'm going to the Super Bowl and this and that. And try, he tried to be respectful, not Tyreek Hill level of respectful, but he tried to be respectful. Of, of 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 uh Darrell Revis, but yeah, he was uh Daryl Revis was pretty salty on Twitter about uh, about Richard Sherman. Yeah. And the love he, he gets.
0: Tweeting about Richard Sherman during the game.
1: He, he, um, he's got to, especially if Sherman gets cooked by Tyreek Hill and Nicole Hardman and one of the Chiefs receivers. He's got to. Well, Kiara Mia tweeted about Jimmy G during the game. Yes. Kiara Mia was the uh, I believe she was the uh porn star I believe who dated. Yeah. Uh, the Jimmy porn G. star. Well, who pretty much—that's where Jimmy G got 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 his kind of like national buzz, I guess, um, before the season started. That those two were dating, they were an item. She had some very positive comments about Jimmy G's uh, skills off the football field, if you catch the drift. And uh, and uh, kind of people didn't take it and run, but uh, they—it's been—it's apparently no, she put it out there, and uh, Jimmy G is uh, pretty productive off the football field, if you catch the drift there. She'll with, probably say something on the social medias as well.
0: With the sexual energy.
1: Yes. Um, yep. Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. I, I, I'm
0: afraid it's that. It. I'm not afraid of that.
1: Nope. She was. Um, Jimmy G was very apparently productive in the uh, bedroom. Uh, that's what we're saying here.
0: <laughs> we're not a BD show, Mike. <laughs>
1: yep. Yeah, yeah, good point. You're right. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, sorry, we're, I we're put not, the
0: explicit part. tag on the show.
1: Oh, all right, again, Jimmy, Jimmy G apparently knows what he's doing off the football field in the bedroom, is what we're saying here. So, uh. Goes out of the fuck! Basically, <laughs> basically, basically, meaning that she. Basically, meaning that, um he made her tap out. He basically <laughs> made her tap out, is, is what, what we're saying here. That's, that's, what we, that's what we, uh. That's what apparently she was was claiming Jimmy G did. Will Tom
0: day. Brady be mentioned on the broadcast? After that cryptic tweet, he has to be. What cryptic? It, it
1: really, and, and okay, so the tweet that you, you, you may not have seen was Tom Brady basically showing a picture, a silhouette of himself, kind of looking out. It look, it's unclear. It looks like he's going towards Gillette Stadium's field, but it's um, but it's just it's him, and it's like a black silhouette of him, so that you you, you can tell it's him because he put it out there. But it's like him going. He sent it out like down? five hours ago. No, no, no it's still up. It is still up. People took it and to ran. So Brady is basically, basically, it's Brady, kind of like a silhouette of him looking at, at Gillette Stadium's field, and he's like, it's it's no, it's a picture of him, but he, he can't, you can't, you would know if it's him if he didn't send it, and that's all it is. There's no words. It's, it's just it's just a picture. It's no, it's just a simple picture. And no, it's got Patriots kidding. fans, it's got Patriots fans shook, yeah. Okay, he's looking at the tweet now. It's got Patriots fans shook. Oh shit, he's retiring. Yeah, you see it, yeah, you see it. Like it's, he's looking at it now. It's like it's got some Patriots fans kind of shook. It prompted Jamal he's Adams to clap back, like, "Please get out of the East. Is what? Well. He's wearing normal clothes too. Yes, he is. He, he's, he looked like he's wearing a suit. You can tell, it looks like he's walking. It looks like he's walking towards. His hands are in his pockets. So you can't even tell. But uh, it looks like he's walking towards the away from the field. That's the point. That's the point I'm saying. That's the point. It's got Patriots fans kind of shook. It's got Patriots fans kind of shook. Jamal Adams basically you say like, "Oh, that's his way getting out of the AFC East," or uh, that, that was his clapback. And like, people were like. I don't
0: mind. Of, I bought the CD at Starbucks the other day.
1: There's, there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of people that are that are just shook that, that are absolutely shook on Twitter responding. <laughs> somebody somebody had to look at Trey Aikman's reaction to Jimmy Johnson's Hall of Fame. Uh, I'm just reading the responses to this. There's, there's a whole lot of people on page. Um, SNF on people.
0: MBT. Away towards the field or away from the field.
1: It looks like he's going to. He's, look like he's going away from the field. It looks like he's walking away from it. It legitimately looks like he's walking 52% away from Fifty-two
0: percent says towards the field. Forty-seven percent says away from the
1: field. I think it's away. I really think it's away from the field. This might be it. This might be it. This might be. This might be the end. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Teddy, Teddy Bruski saying, Dan not Is this one of those mind games where we analyze if you're walking towards or away from us? Uh I responded to charges stadium is not is not that serious. No, I don't think he, I think he, he could go to the Chargers. I can see that. Now that Philip Rivers is is, uh, is not coming back to the Chargers. And I think
0: Somebody said anime, Patch fans.
1: Patch fans are shook. The ringer saying no. Hold God on, man, Blair no. Hold on, a minute Blair. Yep. Every patch there's, there's a whole lot of memes of Patch fans. Patch fans are absolutely shook by this. Absolutely shook. Their franchise is going to shit. Woo-hoo! Yep. This, could, this really could be the end. Did Ryan Fitzpatrick all but end? Let's face it. New, I'm not sure if New England's not in this game if it weren't for Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing a TD to Mike Kosicki. Ryan! I'm not sure, I'm
0: not sure J- Thank you. Thank you, Miami Dolphins. Thank you please, sure Mike.
1: I'm not sure if they're not in this game if it weren't for Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, th- this, this makes me very happy that we're probably responsible for the end of New England's run. Yes, I take with great pride. New England, we did this to you.
0: Will they show highlights of Donovan McNabb throwing up?
1: I'm going to say no. I'm going to say gonna yes. I'm going to say no, I'm gonna say I'm no, gonna no to do the on there. Are they going to mention Super Bowl 39? Absolutely. Are they going to show Donovan McNabb barking in Jacksonville? I'm going to say no. If the Super Bowl were in Jacksonville, oh yeah, he's either gonna show him barfing. But I think since it's in Miami, not Jacksonville, I'm gonna say no, they don't show him.
0: Will Joe Buck or Troy Aikman speak Spanish? No, I don't think either about their life
1: I- I'll th- Either are that are, are that kind of hip or. He's
0: doing the life. Shakira performance, Shakira,
1: Shakira. I'm gonna say no to both of them. I hope Shakira and J Lo's performance is going to be entertaining. I know there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on the set uh, for Shakira and J Lo doing their thing. But I'm going to say no, they don't show the um, Joe or Troy don't speak Spanish.
0: Who will be who will the Super Bowl MVP thank first after winning the award? Teammates, God, a religion, coach or coaches, winning city, family, or owner? I'm going to go God.
1: I think I think will I think the MVP will will thank God first.
0: Will either Jennifer Lopez or Shakira first address the audience in Spanish?
1: First. I think I I not first, but they will. So my answer will technically be no.
0: Okay. Which Jennifer Lopez song will be performed
1: first? Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Obviously, it's going to be something upbeat and and something in the deal. I think it's
0: going to be Jenny from the block. I'm going to go Jenny from the block, plus 500. Mm,
1: Okay. What are the other options here?
0: Let's get loud. Let's get loud. Let's get loud. Live it up. On the floor. Dinero. El anillo. Waiting for the night. Waiting for the night.
1: Uh that's probably my pick Wait waiting for tonight makes some sense oh let us get loud. at waiting for tonight and probably I'm down to those two. I'll probably go waiting for tonight
0: um mine my shakira' song is not even on here okay It's hips don't lie
1: that would make the most sense that would absolutely make that that was the biggest hit that would make the most sense
0: um which song will close out the halftime show? Let's get it loud, live it up, whenever, when, wherever. That's going to close it, whenever, wherever.
1: It's that or live it up. It's going to be one of those two.
0: Will Miami by Will Smith be performed as a cover?
1: Hmm, that's interesting. That would make a lot of sense. That would make a lot of sense. I say no. I'm gonna say no too, but that would make a lot of sense to do it.
0: Will be will a football be used as a prop? No.
1: I'm gonna say yes to that.
0: Um. Will Alex Rodriguez be shown during the halftime show?
1: Well, who be? Will he be on the halftime show?
0: Will Alex Rodriguez be shown? Like in I'm the audience?
1: No. I'm gonna say no. I, I think Jayla is a big enough star, but she She won't need the, the extra attention from her husband. DJ Khaled make an appearance. Now, technically he does, but he'll do it because they're they're doing something before the game. Uh, DJ Khaled, Meek, uh, a bunch of other uh, performers, Pitbull include uh, Pitbull as well. They're going to do a performance before the game, so technically he will. They will do something, but not at the halftime show. I would. I'm gonna say no to that. Will
0: part. either sing or drink Pepsi?
1: Ooh. Good question. I'm going to say not. We're talking during the show, right? So I'm, yeah. I'm going to say no during the show.
0: When no, no singer will drink Pepsi.
1: When drink
0: Enrique Iglesias make an appearance on.
1: Stage. I'm almost counting on him too.
0: I'm almost counting on it.
1: Yeah. Like he's the only he's the only Hispanic person that hasn't been mentioned for anything. I'm almost counting on him to do something. I will mentioned Gerard Pippo. Pippo's going to do something before the game.
0: Will Gerard Peak be shown during the halftime show?
1: I will say yes to that.
0: I'll say yes to that, too. Will reliable Super Bowl halftime performer Gloria Estefan make an appearance on the stage?
1: I'm banking on that. That could, put, that could be done considering it's Miami, too. I, I, I think that's, that should be happening. Will Jay Z be shown during the halftime show? Cause Jay Z put this together, so I'd imagine Ooh. ooh. Jay Z did put this together. Jay Z was in charge is in charge of this halftime show, so I could see I can see Jay being involved in some way, yes.
0: Yeah. Will Ricky Martin make an appearance on stage? I'm yes!
1: Almost, I'm almost counting on, on it too. It. I almost. I'm, I think it's more likely Iglesias is on than Ricky Martin, but I'm almost telling him Ricky Martin to get to jump in on this.
0: Will Pitbull make an appearance? I'm
1: disappointed Pitbull wasn't initially on this. Pitbull's going to be, as I mentioned, on the pregame stuff.
0: But I'm, I'm, gonna, I, like I'm still going to say yes.
1: I think Mr. Worldwide will be there. I think Mr. Worldwide will be there too.
0: Will Will Smith make an appearance on stage?
1: It would make sense considering Bad Boys 3 is coming out soon. But I'm going to say
0: no. I'm going to say no too. Only,
1: only the only way he shows up is to do Welcome to Miami. But I think that,
0: but I'm going to say no to that. Will Jennifer Lopez and Shakira both sing in Spanish?
1: Yes. Uh, yes.
0: Will Will there be a nipplegate?
1: I'm going to say no. No. Okay. As much as like a lot of the male population and maybe some of the female population, it's 2020 after all. Is going to. uh will we'll love to see that happen. I'm going to say no. I think they'll keep it PG.
0: Your pick for Super Bowl.
1: I've been struggling with this <laughs> over the last ten days of who my Super Bowl pick was going to be uh, for this it's game. It's at
0: minus one now.
1: It's been pretty much hovering around that pretty much all week. Kansas
0: one
1: one minute and a half. Now the way I'm gonna do this, it's been okay. Quarterback obviously quarterback is Kansas City. Running back, I'm gonna go with the Niners depth. Receiver depth, I'm going to go I'm gonna do the tight end separately. Receiver depth is obviously Kansas City. Tight end, I think, are as even as it gets. I think these are the two best tight ends in the game between Kittle and Kelsey. I'll go Kittle because Kittle's more over all, all around well rounded. Offensive lines both are productive. I'm probably I'll going, go Sabres. Let's go. I'll probably yeah, I'll probably go Niners too. I'll probably go Niners there. D line, I'm going to hmm, D line's tough because the Niners have so much depth. The Niners have so much depth. I'm gonna go Niners in the D line. I'll go Niners and the line back in the linebacking core too. I will go Niners secondary as well. So Niners sweep the defense. And then um let's see. Best kicking team. game, kicking game, I will go Chiefs After field goal, kicking. Punting game, I will probably go – actually, the kicking game, I'm sorry. I'm going to go Niners in the kicking game. I will go –
0: Punting, go Chiefs.
1: Punting is going to go Chiefs. Return game is going to be Chiefs as well. And then coaching, I will go Chiefs. Ooh, all this in play. Normally, when it comes to best offers, – I'm kind of
0: going team, 49ers. After, mm. I'm going 49ers
1: over. I don't think the Niners can get into a shootout. I mean, I guess the Niners went to New Orleans and they beat New Orleans in a shootout. So that they're capable. They can get into a shootout. I'm going to go Chiefs. This is hard. This Super Bowl is hard
0: to pick. My mind is thinking 49ers. My heart's thinking Chiefs.
1: Because... A lot of people, I, I get it. A lot of people in Philadelphia are saying it's time for Andy to get one. I know Angelo Cataldi's not, but I think a lot of people are saying it's time for Andy to get one.
0: Who's get saying? Who's, who's not thinking that oh,
1: right? WIP did a, a whole day, Andy Reid Appreciation Day, and I think they're still doing it. They did Andy Reid Appreciation Day, and the first show, obviously, on every day is Angelo Cataldi's. cataldi has been anti-Andy Reid pretty much Super Bowl 39, and how uh, they mis- badly he mismanaged that.
0: What, he a what a whiner. He, what a whiner, Angel. He's been anti-Reed ever
1: since. He he's been anti-Reed ever since and has been kind of pinning the whole domestic abuse situations that he's. Uh, the, the the people who have been involved off the field with off-the-field drama, Frank Clark, Tyree Hill, who have been off-the-field drama and kind of using that as a crutch as well. With, uh, his, his beef with uh, towards Andy Reed. So his show was the only one to really not celebrate Andy Reed and kind of give him the props he deserves as the most consistently good Eagles coach they've ever had. And I think it's time for Reed to get one. I think, honestly, in, in a shootout, the way Kansas City's played these playoffs, where they've been be unstoppable since, since, they, since they started, I'm going to go Chiefs. It's going to be a good game. I think it'll be played at Kansas City's pace. I'm going to go 34-28 Kansas City. Yeah. My non-keeping MVP, since since um, like picking Pat Mahomes, it's going to be way too easy. My non-keeping MVP is Travis Kelsey.
0: My MVP is gonna be Kettle. Okay. No, we have tight ends as MVPs. Yes. twittercom slash Kooks.
1: is where you can find him. Is uh, a <clears throat> Twitter.com/beastmike is where you can find me. Obviously, I'll be tweeting about the uh, Super Bowl and uh, all the good stuff that's gonna that involve that. And we're we'll gonna talk about the commercials, I'm sure. All right, what company has the best commercials? What, what company? Who you got for the best commercials?
0: Probably Budweiser.
1: what Usually the ones the go-tos are Budweiser and/or and/or the Frito and Lay Corporation. Uh, usually those are the two go-to companies.
0: Budweiser and, you know, already released their commercial.
1: I didn't see Budweiser. I, I'm I'm trying to stay away from the Super Bowl commercials. I'd rather see them as they happen. They've been pretty lackluster the last couple years, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I, know, I don't really watch for the commercials. I watch for the game.
1: Right. They, they've been pretty lackluster the last couple of years, to tell you to tell the truth. I hope they come up with some good ones. I hope the companies come up with good ones this year. I'm sure. I'm, I'm not sure how much they. I'm sure gonna cost a, a cool million and a half for the 30 second spots. Something like that. That's that's pretty much the go. That's what the going rate's been the last couple years is, is a milli plus.
0: How much? I'm gonna I'm gonna see how much for. Hey, Super Bowl.
1: Super Bowl. 30, it's thirty-second Super Bowl spot. It's probably what you're looking for.
0: Two. Four point five million dollars. Woo! The cost had reached five point six million dollars in 2020.
1: For a thirty-second spot, we're talking four point five. NFL making serious cake. So we're talking, okay. That's probably a good, let's say forty. Let's say forty ads. Let's say that's probably a good forty. No, it's
0: five point six this year. Oh, 5.6 Oh,
1: it's five point six million. Yep. Okay, so five point six million, and I'll say by a good, let's say forty-five to fifty. We'll say fifty ads. Two hundred eighty million. That's two hundred eighty million. The end of the NFL. If they if they run fifty ads, that's two hundred eighty million. The NFL is gonna make based off that alone. Plus the gate. Plus the gate, right? Plus the TV. Plus the, the money they'll get from the TV from from the hundred and ten million people that are gonna watch this game worldwide. <laughs> The NFL's going to make a serious killing off this game. Yes. So we're probably talking a good half million dollars the NFL's probably going to make off this game. I'm going to say a cool half, half million. At least a cool half million.
0: Half billion.
1: Half billion, I should say. A, a, a Cool half billion, I should say. They going to make off this game. A cool half a billion. Okay, I guess another prop bet I, I, I'll just kind of subliminally add here before before we sign off. How early in the game... Are we until we see a bad call? Are we going first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, or fourth? Well, the first bad call of the game.
0: First quarter. <laughs> first quarter.
1: I'll give it the second quarter. But I understand why you'd say the first.
0: I'm almost, be some. almost
1: expecting I'm almost expecting a bad call to be early. But I think it'll be the second quarter.
0: Um yeah.
1: So I'll but go second quarter.
0: But I say 49ers, he says Chiefs. Yep, for, for next week, I am DJD D. Cooks. He's Beast Mike. And we'll take it home, baby.